Warning: Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Here Dancing around him, reciting poetry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God! That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh well, big surprise. Oh God! <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. Get it? It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Trace, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking the Pocka Joy tea. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. It's a really lovely blue and yellow packaging. I did buy it because the packaging is really pretty. But it tastes really good too. It's like lemon. And I like this one because there's not too much um, licorice in it. Because sometimes I find that a bit overwhelming. Um, what are you drinking today, Miriam? It is the morning, so again, I'm having another Nescafe. I think this will be me for a while until I have a better routine. <laughs> okay. What about your me time? I am actually just doing my nails, shaping them, and then I think I'm just going to put a Barry M pink. It's like one of those jelly ones, even though they don't last any longer than the normal ones. They really don't, right? Uh, I wish they did. No, it's a brand. It was market. It was a marketing thing. Ooh, gel. No. It, yeah, <laughs> it's like you think it's, you're going to get this the shellac or shellac or whatever it's called. Yeah, and you just don't. I do have that where you can cure the nails. I have the whole kit, but like, ugh, such a faff. I know. I stopped doing it years ago. Um, what are you doing for me time? I've got my purple hair mask, my L'Oreal LV. Yeah, you love that one. I know, I was able to get some in Superdrug. Okay, Tres, and we have another we have another nice things. Yeah, Yay! nice things. My new favourite podcast, five stars. This podcast <sighs> makes me feel like I'm sitting in a friend's living room talking about my favourite things. Tea and other beverages, beauty products, and true crime. Sprinkle in some pop culture references, great banter, and some laughs, and it's the recipe for a perfect podcast. Oh. I know. I have listened to no other podcast since I discovered Me Time and Murder. Wow. And I have felt a void when I got caught up and had to join <sighs> the Patreon. Girl. I think that's Sydney, I think. Okay. I am so like that. If I find a podcast, I'm like, this is not my podcast. And I only listen to this. Yeah, and I binge And then it. I catch up. And then you've like, what have I done to myself? And you're like, no. Yeah. Because you, you wish that you could space it out. Yeah. But you binge. We all binge. Everybody binges, yeah. But yeah, if that does happen, there are more episodes than on Patreon. Yes, there are. Head There's a good few now at this point. There is, and we have a video. That's right, mm -hmm. yeah. First first video. First video. Went well. It did, yeah. Okay, let's get started. On the 30th of November, 1997, just before midnight, three bakery workers from Galway found an abandoned taxi outside their workplace. The bakers peered in the open driver's side window and seen the keys still in the ignition. Thinking the taxi was stolen by joyriders, the bakers thought to push it out of the way of the bakery so it could be towed. However, they noticed more. Blood smeared <gasps> on the driver's seat and armrest. Mm -mm. The guardy were called and they promptly arrived, quickly preserving the scene. Back at the station, 
Garda made calls to establish who was driving the taxi. Where were they and were they okay? It was quickly established Eileen Costello O'Shaughnessy. Her family was notified that Eileen was missing. Only a few hours before the discovery of Eileen's taxi, alarm bells were also ringing for company Galway Taxis. Eileen's boss had been waiting in the car park to swap keys with her, which was supposed to be at 9pm, as was routine at the end of a shift. But Eileen didn't show up. This wasn't like her. Her boss called her, but her mobile kept going to voicemail. It was soon after this missed exchange that cab number 34 was located in an abandoned state at the bakery. When Gardy arrived, they treated it as a very serious missing persons case. Mm -hmm. The local area was searched in order to establish if Eileen had left the car and seen as a result of a serious assault. Mm. But they could not locate Eileen. I would just like to comment that I was watching like a YouTube or some professional talk, and maybe it was on Netflix, and they were saying that you should never treat a case like a missing persons case. It should be treated like a murder immediately. Was that person like a police officer or something? Yeah, it was like, you know, one of these like high up people. Maybe he was like FBI or or something. Mm. I think that's, yeah, fair enough, yeah. They were like, because the initial... Because you might miss things. Yeah, Yeah. they were like, the initial discoveries are the same. Like, and the... (laughs) Treat it as a murder scene in case it does end up becoming a murder exactly. scene. Exactly, yeah. And if it yeah. doesn't become a murder scene, what mm. you haven't lost anything. But if you treat it as a missing mm-hmm. person scene, you've lost a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's loads of blood. The blood, There's yeah. blood. Yeah. A ta- an empty taxi would not be alarming. It's the blood. It's the blood, yeah. And you said it was on the, the it was door? S- and- it was on the seat. There was blood on the seat and the armrest. Armrest? As in attached to the door. Like on, I think it's on the car. I think some little, some car seats have armrests. Fancy. My new car has the armrest actually. Does not. Mine doesn't have any armrests. Drivers and the passengers both have armrests. Wow. And can you put them up and down? Yeah. I need a new car. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, I love my car. So they could not locate Eileen. The next day at about noon... The family's worst fears were confirmed. Oh no. About 10 miles outside Galway City, on Tinker's Lane, Eileen's body was discovered by a farmer. So a day later? The next morning. Like, jeekers, that was fast. Yeah. Better, I think, to have it fast. I think so. A missing person is horrible. You just want to know. Yeah. Eileen Costello O'Shaughnessy was wed when she was only 20 years old and shortly after had her two kids. Since she was a young mother with lots of energy, her children remember her fondly as a fun mom. Oh, how many kids? Two. Okay. At the time of her death in 1997, Eileen was 47 years old. And although her children were now grown and in their 20s, she still doted on them. And after an amicable separation from her husband, Eileen had moved in with her mother, Nora. God, how do you do that? An amicable separation? <laughs> That's an oxymoron. How do you? Well, I suppose Gosh. they got married so young and they. Right, you cheat. Uh, yeah, apart. you could cheat. Yeah. 
think about yourself when you were 20 are Dude, you the same person I'm a totally no. different person yeah you've had lots of different people in between that exactly <laughs> yeah yeah okay that's so nice so they must be really nice people then if they can do that because I don't think I could ever do that Mm. just makes it more sad guess it depends on the situation yeah yeah but she sounds like she was a nice lady yes eileen moved in with her mother nora the pair got on well and enjoyed each other's company and it was while living with her mother that eileen had finally got her crohn's disease under control (gasps) which i know which delighted her mother Yes. Oh. And isn't it sad that it took to like 47? To get a handle on it, yeah. Yeah, because I think you can have that from, you can definitely have that from early 20s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you get it at any point? I think it's usually like a late teens, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's like early 20s kind of. Yeah. 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 My friend, uh, he's in Hong Kong. He has it. Um, Really? Yeah. But he has a a light Mm. version. So it's not... Okay. <laughs> Crohn's light. Crohn's light. I like... Oh my God. But, um, okay. yeah. So I didn't know there was different severities because I knew a fella mm-hmm. in art college and it was bad. Oh, like, really? Really bad. Yeah. He looked like death store most of the time. Oh, God love he him. He was so emaciated because oh. I think because it's... Eating is such an issue. It's yeah. like... Well, you just don't want to eat. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so like he was so small. Yeah. Like fright. It was frightening. Gosh, anyway. So Eileen and her mother lived in Corofin, County Clare, a one hour drive from Galway City, which is okay. where she worked. Jeez, she drive an hour every day? That's a lot, isn't it? And then you're like driving some more in your job. I think she liked to drive. <laughs> must be a good driver the energetic Eileen had tried many jobs over the years including hairdressing and sales but it was in her mid-40s that she seemed to have found her calling Eileen started to drive for Galway taxis and she loved it she loved driving she loved talking loved being out Mm. and about she loved the freedom and she Mm -hmm. even enjoyed the math she loved calculating the mileage and the fares and making sure everything was up to date so cute. I know. And of course, she was the only woman out of the 12 taxi drivers in the taxi company. I was going to say, because when you said there was a taxi and it was empty and there was blood. You think it's I a man. Like, oh, I, I was like, I hope this guy is okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't know. I wonder, is it like that in other countries? Oh, no, it is. Because... Do you ever get a taxi from the airport in another country? It's always a man. It's always a man, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think women are good drivers. Why do we get such... What is that all about? Why yeah. do we have... I'm a good driver. That? Whenever I was driving my car, my new car, the uh-huh. dealership person, I like we swapped places and I got in and I yeah. took off easily. He's like, you're a really good driver. And I was like... Like, like he was surprised. I, maybe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> and I was so like, insulting. Thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Keep like having a laugh and then going into like deep I know. sad stuff. I just because I don't want to go into it. Sorry, but we're I just in. want to talk about Eileen's life. Okay, no. Well, it was ninety seven, so you know before social media, there's not much mm-hmm. you know honor. Yeah, yeah. 
her family and friends struggled to come up with to come up with someone who would have hated her enough to kill her. The oh, murder God. especially shook Eileen's mother, who had now lost two daughters in her lifetime. Oh, poor Nora. So she, this Nora had a, sorry, Eileen had, Eileen. Oh my God. <laughs> who are you Eileen talking about? Eileen had a sister. <laughs> Eileen had a sister who died. It was, uh, I think it was like a SIDS thing. She died at a few months old. Oh, okay. So Eileen didn't know her. I don't think so. But the poor mom, like she's lost two daughters. Yeah, that's rough. One at a young age and one at an old age. I know. Ugh. Yeah. The little town of Corafane was shocked and in disbelief by the brutal killing of the popular taxi lady. Oh. Just a few miles from her home. Ooh. Locals expressed their grief and condolences with floral tributes. Eileen's postmortem concluded that she had died between 8 and 10 p.m. The postmortem also showed, well, I guess didn't show, signs of sexual assault. It didn't show. It didn't show. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen or there wasn't an attempt. That is very true. And the Eileen's body was just lying outside? Lying outside on a lane in the mud. In the mud. Was she clothed? Yes. Okay. And Tinker's Lane, is that... I couldn't find it sort on the of, maps. I couldn't find it on the maps. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the official name, <laughs> right? I don't think, yeah. I don't even, I feel bad even saying that I know. Uh, but I mean, that's what they're calling it. So we yeah, have to, you know. Call it that too. Okay. I think it's probably like a local thing. Yeah, totally. So wait, mm-hmm. aren't people going to blame travellers? No, 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 no. I think it, I think no. it's just a little small farmer's lane. Oh, okay. I'm not sure why it was called Tinker's Lane. I couldn't find mm. it anyway. Probably some person at one point had a caravan and it's like, oh, Tinker's Lane. <laughs> you know, like, do you wonder where these names come from? It's an awful word. It's not a nice word at all. I, I don't think it's, it's nice at all. Eileen's postmortem also indicated that she had been subjected to severe physical assault with a blunt object. Oh. Mm-hmm. And without a weapon in the taxi, Eileen had little or no opportunity to defend herself. (sighs) Over 60 detectives were involved in the intense investigation, although detectives did not have a motive. It was clear that it was a very vicious attack and had taken place inside the taxi. And whoever had been in the car made a quick getaway. The keys were left in the ignition and this possibly would indicate that the person or persons involved were in a state of panic when they fled. So her car keys? Yeah, were still in the taxi. No, the taxi's car keys were still in the taxi. Yeah, so so sorry, did they... Did did it happen in front of the bakery? No. Or they just parked the car in front of the bakery after it happened? Well, we're all going to get into it. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I'm very like. So I have a feeling I'm like. Ah, the problem is, as that profession, you pick up so many people during the day. You're exposed to a lot of people. And what if one's, you know, mm-hmm. a pure whack job? Can I say that? Whack job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a, another word. I know, just like yeah. unhinged. <laughs> yeah. What you don't, you don't. I'm know. sure taxi drivers see unhinged people. Yeah. 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 
Oh, it must be a scary job. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. In America, they have barriers. I think that's a good idea. It is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, also being a taxi driver, there is always plenty of cash and loose change. However, none of this appeared to be taken. Perhaps oh. the person's intention wasn't robbery, or was it a botched robbery, making the motive yeah. even more difficult to establish. It was late 1997 that Gardy got information revealing that people had actually been at Eileen's car before the bakery workers raised the alarm. A passing group of teens put their hand in the open driver's seat window and stole Eileen's mobile phone and cigarettes. Yeah, that is a quick flee from the scene. The teens came forward and told Gardy that they had taken Eileen's phone. But the battery wasn't working, so they smashed it and ditched. So they smashed and ditched it a couple of hundred yards from the taxi. Very honest of them to come yeah. forward. I have mixed feelings about them. Oh, you really? Stole, yeah, you stole your thief, but you know there's a bigger picture here and someone has got hurt. So yeah, now you're coming forward. Well, it is good mixed in a way that it show. That. I mean, like, you've got more of like a timestamp. Of when it was there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's helpful to the investigation. Yeah. Just if it was me, like, yeah, like they're putting themselves in a vulnerable position now. Mm-hmm. Are they going to get in trouble? No, that's it. We're done. I know. I'd say they're not, but most kids just wouldn't want to get in trouble. Yes. So they wouldn't come forward. Like Bella and the Witch Elm, they didn't want to come forward. Yeah. That's in so many cases are like that. Gardy pieced together a busy timeline of Eileen's movements on the day of her murder. Eileen's first job that day was dropping someone down to the train station. She then brought someone else to Supermax and around midday Eileen was around the Corfin area. I know, Supermax, I was like, oh my gosh. Drop me to Supermax. Yeah, so Irish. (laughs) God. I've never got a taxi to, to a fast food place. Unless they were going to work. That funny. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, while in Corofin, Eileen met a friend for lunch. Then, after okay. called in back home to, cha- to check on her mother, Nora, and her visiting nephew, who had just returned from Australia, Eileen then went back to Galway City to continue the rest of her work day. At 2.30, she met a different friend and they went to the Skeffington Arms Hotel where they had a cup of tea and spoke for a while about her nephew's time in Australia and Eileen's own daughter, Susan, who was also in Australia. Wow. She had a busy day. Very busy, right? After Mm. her tea and catch-up, Eileen continued her fares up until 6pm. At 6pm, Eileen was caught on CCTV camera back at Supermax she goes in, uses the loo, and buys a drink. That's good that we have that footage to 6pm. She leaves Supermax only with a few hours left to finish her shift. At 7.30pm, Eileen picked up her last known fare, who was interviewed by the guardie. At 7.59pm, Eileen calls her mum. But for whatever reason, the call fails. Oh. Detectives don't know why the call failed. Perhaps she had dialed the number and then hung up on purpose maybe mm-hmm. she, like maybe she was asked to do a run maybe somebody was like Eileen take me home 
And she just couldn't continue with the call. She's like, ah, okay. Mm. Perhaps the signal dropped. It was the 90s. Uh Or Mm -hmm. maybe this was when her battery died. Okay. The call didn't connect to her mother's phone. Nora's phone never rang either. Guardi were also able to piece together sightings of Eileen Silver Taxi around the time of her murder. At about 8pm, Eileen's car was at the junction of Cross Street in Galway City. At 8pm? At 8pm, so she's still working at 8pm. It's a long day. Yeah, she's driving through the city, probably picking up or dropping off a fare. Mm. But her last known... That was just her last known... Yes. Like, it is, like, so basically I think the taxi office would get a call, can you go pick up this person? But it is still possible she was driving around and people were hailing her. This is it, yeah, yeah. Eileen was spotted talking to a woman on the street. Police requested the woman to come forward, but she never Mm did. (gasps) Oh my God, even the... Kids came forward. Yes. Even the little chavs who stole her phone came forward. Come on. That's suspicious. Or she never seen the request to come forward. Maybe. Not everyone is like watching TV and looking out for the... She could have been a foreigner. What, and didn't understand English? Or no, she could have left the country. She left the country. Yeah. 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 Galway's quite touristy as well. Mm. Eileen was also spotted around the same time in Air Square, which is that little green, leafy, parky area in the city where people okay. like, you know, every town has, we have an Enniskill and it's like the diamond and then <laughs> the crappiest one. And then Belfast, I think a popular meeting area would be the town hall. Mm. But so this is like a popular main area, so probably would get a lot of people hailing taxis around Air Square. Mm -hmm. So she was last spotted in Air Square. Mm -hmm. She then called work and told them she was going to take a fare to Clare Galway. What time is this then? It's still, we're still around 8pm. Okay. As a rule, she kept in regular contact with the company Galway Taxis. Although it is uncertain how many passengers were in the taxi at this point as they could have been flagging her down. The sightings map Eileen's car moving from Air Square to the Tuam Galway Road all around 8pm. And Tuam is like a little town outside of Galway. Mm -hmm. A short time later, Eileen was out of the city and most likely with her attacker. A crucial sighting placed Eileen's car at Holmes Hill, three miles outside of the city. The vehicle was stopped along the hard shoulder with its lights on and the taxi sign still illuminated. After this sighting, the next sighting is of Eileen's car is turning right at the junction of the Tuam Galway Road onto Tinker's Lane. And again, that's just a sighting. Yes. So the same. The driver who spotted the silver taxi remembered spotting it and seeing it because the taxi didn't give a right-hand turn signal. Oh. So the taxi turned on to Tinker's Lane and mm-hmm. this is where Eileen's body was unfortunately dumped. So possible that it wasn't her driving at that point? Uh-huh. Or it was her and she was just under... Stress. So much stress that, like, indicators aren't... 
to me it sounds like moment. like you're not meant to park on the hard shoulder yeah as a taxi especially uh-huh. like you don't want to be seen to be doing that. i feel like yeah. if you've been driving as well for probably decades she's been driving it, it just wouldn't occur to you to stop on a hard shoulder no i think no. that's when something happened and yeah. the abductor started driving maybe took over yes. yeah um because i know in on different cases there has been you know They'll look at the seat and how far back the seat was mm-hmm. and did that match, you know, how long Eileen's legs were. A lot of the time if it's a man, it'll be longer legs, women, shorter legs. So sometimes that oh. can be, they forget to readjust the seat. Yeah. I never read or heard anything about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Knowing where Eileen's body was dumped and knowing the taxi was found miles away at the bakery meant that the killer drove the car yes back to the bakery yeah because it didn't happen in the car outside the bakery because that was a public place yes yeah this was confirmed as it was as the silver taxi was spotted by several motorists driving erratically down the n17 at about 9 p.m using the little red taxi meter and simple math although they called it forensic examination. I, th- I was like, well, that's just math. <laughs> Police subtracted the miles of the drive from Tinker's Lane to the bakery, meaning that uh-huh. Eileen drove about 16 or 17 miles to Tinker's Lane. And 16 or 17 miles from Tinker's Lane is Air Square. Is this where she picked up her killer? So there have been several suspect descriptions and potential eyewitnesses. At around 8.30pm on the N17, close to Tinker's Lane, a woman with blonde hair was seen by drivers. She was walking along the hard shoulder towards Galway City against oncoming traffic. Okay. The woman appeared to be in a distracted state. Again, just sexism embedded in me i thought the taxi driver would be male i thought the killer but but now we know it's eileen it's female then i thought the killer will be male well i think it is yeah no it's just some random woman they're hoping okay it's not this woman no okay that would have been wild it would have been wild. oh well it is possible she picked up two people or three people Mm. we don't know it could be a person or persons maybe the blonde lady was in the taxi and got out, but she okay. hasn't came forward. And then, believe it or not, a lady saw the actual silver taxi pull in to the Linden's bakery. She looked right in the window and seen a man driving <gasps> the car. Oh, shut up. Mm-hmm. She described the man as being between 30 and 50 years of age with a dark colored beard. He was not a big man. He had dark hair (laughs) and appeared to have a flat face, which I find a weird description. What? A witness has been asked to come forward. Caught on CCTV, he was locking up a shop across the road from Linden's Bakery around 9pm. In the CCTV, the witness looks across the road and sees a younger man climbing over and jumping down off a wall 
and then walking in the direction of Galway City. Oh. The wall man is quite possibly the person who was driving Eileen's taxi, abandoned at the bakery. Mm-hmm. The wall man was wearing a green jacket and carrying a small canvas bag. The wall man and the witness to the wall man are yet to be identified or come forward. Oh. Another witness who did contact Gardy said they saw a young man in the field behind his house at about ten past nine, looking lost. The witness was surprised that the guy was in the field, was walking into the field, considering that it was a very wet night and he could have just walked on the footpath. Didn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Finally, a small red car was seen at 2 a.m. at Tinker's Lane, where Eileen's body was discovered the next day. They went back to the scene? It sounds like it. Ugh, I hate that. The car reversed up the lane and had parking lights on. The occupants of this car have never been identified. Oh, I hate that. To this day, Eileen's family still hold out hoping someone will come forward with key information. Are you joking me? You didn't tell me at the start that this was unsolved. Ah. I hate that so much. Oh. They remember her fondly as a cheerful and chatty mother who loved country and western music, dancing and playing cards. After his oh. mother's death, Eileen's son Damien moved in with his grand to help out and keep her company. She lived oh. for 11 years after the murder. <gasps> wow. Damien believed that she was holding on, hoping stop. to find out who had killed her daughter. No, stop. But she never got her answer. She lived for over a decade after that happened. Oh my God. So nice that she had her grandchildren close to her though. I mean, yes. that would have meant a lot to her, you know. <gasps> and that is the unsolved oh murder of Eileen Costello O'Shaughnessy. But it is one of those things, like once you hear it's a, a taxi person, you're like, oh shit. Uh-huh. So they're just interacting with so many people. Uh-huh, right. So it was your man, we just don't know who he is. We, yeah, it seems like there is a person on CCTV, there's witnesses, just nobody's coming forward. So if you're in Galway, look out for a flat-faced, <laughs> beardy man. He'd be much older I now. I mean, it had to be a random attack because yeah. she was a lovely person. Yeah. She wasn't involved in any, you know, drugs or anything that might put her... Yeah, at risk. You know, yeah, no, she, she was a mum. Uh-huh. So it had to be random. It's awful. A random attack. Yeah, or like a robbery gone wrong. Yeah, maybe robbery. But then they didn't take the the rhymes. They didn't take the money. I know there was, and I know the robbery can go wrong, right? But let's say okay, it goes wrong. She fought back. Mm -hmm. They were never going to hurt her, but now they have. Mm -hmm. Would you not still take the money? You're obviously in a desperate way if you were willing to steal from this lady. Mm Would you not just take the money anyway? Or is that just very callous? I don't... It's done anyway. Would you not take the money? Yeah, but if these people are on drugs, 
they could have panicked and ran, freaked them out, okay. die, or maybe okay. maybe and then they somebody what they were there for. Yeah, maybe right. somebody dr- was driving in their direction and they panicked and fled, or you know, I don't know. We just we just don't know. So they took her out of the car, laid her down on the lane, drove the car, and parked it in front of a bakery, mm-hmm. and then left on foot. Mm-hmm. Freaky, freaky that they could possibly still be living there. It know? is possible, yeah. That was a good recommendation. Thank you to Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Never heard of that one. I say that for like every case. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know the cases in our own backyard. I really have to pay. So, bye. Oh, yes, please. More reviews would be great. And Slanoalia. Bye bye. Probably some person at one point had a caravan and it's like, oh, clean, clean. <laughs> you know, like, so you wonder where these names come from. It's an awful word. It's not a nice word at all. I, I don't think it's it's nice at all. Yeah. For a, for non-Irish listeners, like, it's a derogatory term to... I think it is. To I'm, describe I'm gonna uh, say it is. travelers or gypsies, yeah. Yeah, well, gypsies also, I don't think... Well, I heard that gypsies sometimes they refer to themselves because it depends on their heritage, the region, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, because when you think of that word, it's a very old word, yeah. and you, you have that all over the world. Do you know what I always think of? I always, <laughs> I always think of Quasimodo, the gypsies. And, yeah, yeah <laughs> and that's. I mean, but that. Yeah, I don't know. They're like uh, there's Rome, like Romany Rome. gypsies, and I think yes. That yes. the gypsy travellers over here, there is some of that blood has been crossed over sort of thing. Yeah, so then the word gypsy, I don't know, is the verdict out? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on gypsies versus travellers. Oh. oh. I've seen Snatch is on Amazon Prime, so I'll have to get Jaren to watch that too. I don't think I've ever watched that. Brad Pitt is the gypsy or the traveller. Or the... Yeah. I know, what do we say? What? <laughs> I don't know. Um, is he a boxer? Yeah. He's like one yeah. of those fighting travellers, yeah. Do you remember all the fighting videos that they would do? Those communities would do? Do you oh, remember? Gosh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I, my father's going to beat up your brother. <laughs> oh, they're God. quite entertaining, those videos. Yeah. But they're deadly serious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- different culture. How did Brad Pitt do with the accent? Good. And did I? Yeah. And it's right. I think some people will probably be offended by the way he's talking, but in reality it's like that is how they speak. They really like slur their words together yes. and talk really oh, very fast. Difficult to, um, yeah, Gosh, yeah. and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. And you can't understand a word they're saying. And Brad Pitt yeah. has done it so well. And of course right? Brad Pitt is just gorgeous to look at. Well, if he's a boxer, he's got his top off. Oh, yes! Oh, I've yes. heard of this. Yeah. Oh, he's, and he's young. He must only be like, I don't know, 30 or something, maybe. Right. Like, just, oh, gosh. He's so hot. Oh, he was gorgeous. He's oh. still, I, I don't think he's too bad. People are like, oh, he aged badly. Look at Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston has probably had about 100 procedures, people. Yeah. All and right. she doesn't have any I'm children. Dying. Brad Pitt's got like That's 12. Another. Yes. Maybe I'll get a nanny. Oh my or, god! Or Botox, one or the other. I think Botox is more affordable. Which is cheaper? <laughs> <laughs> what a 
Nanny. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to cut Sorry, that I can't out. In the middle today. of it's the Coke. It's, the, I'm it's on not coffee. the Coke because We're there's no sugar the or caffeine in it. I don't have an excuse. It's I me. feel bad for poor Eileen. I know. Oh, sorry. God. Here, sorry, we're still in the middle of the postmortem. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.